Welcome to the Project Zion podcast. This podcast explores the unique spiritual and theological gifts Community of Christ offers for today's world. Welcome, I'm Karen Peter, and this is Common Grounds, where we have conversations about the liturgical or Christian calendar. So a brief review, if you are a new listener to Common Grounds, through the seasons and holy days of the liturgical calendar, we relive the story of faith, the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. In each season, we participate with our whole being through scripture, symbol, color, and hymnody. And as we learn more about the calendar and as we live it as a spiritual practice, we deepen our understanding of our own discipleship and of Christian community. Now, the liturgical calendar begins four weeks before Christmas with the season of Advent and moves through the Christmas season, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Pentecost, and what's called Ordinary Time. Today, We are talking about Advent, and our guest today is Barbara Borkowski. Barbara is a minister, a full-time minister for Community of Christ. She serves currently as a field support minister for the Central USA Mission Field, which includes the headquarters area for Community of Christ. Barbara is a high priest. Her past assignments have included serving as stake president and serving as a field bishop. Barbara has a degree, an MACM, from Community of Christ Seminary. She was born in Minnesota and went to school there for her undergraduate before she began work with Community of Christ. So welcome, Barb. Well, thank you. I appreciate um, having the opportunity to share with you today. Well, to start out with, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself so that the listener can get to know you just a bit? Well, you've already noted that uh, I uh, was born and raised in Minnesota. And I just wanted to share the reason that I'm with you sitting in this space with Karen today Um, happened a long, long time ago in the uh, last part of the 1800s. My great-grandmother heard the missionaries in Wisconsin tell the story of the Restoration message. It was her conviction that this was the church she needed to belong to, and it was her testimony that converted her husband and her in-laws and her sister-in-law and her children. And so it goes. So I uh, recognize um, that thread that has come down through the generations and um, allowed me to be here with you today. Thank you, uh, Barb, for sharing that. I didn't know that, uh, that part of your story. So thank you for sharing that. That resonates with many of our listeners who have family stories of engaging the restoration in profound and life-transforming ways. So today we are talking about the season of Advent. And 
unlike some of the other Common Grounds podcasts that we have recorded that deal with a particular feast day, Advent is a long season. So let's begin with what is the Advent season and why is it more than a one-day celebration or um, observation? Advent is a season because it occurs um, over a, a period of four Sundays prior to Christmas, which we sell or the day we celebrate as Christ's birth. The word Advent means to arrive or coming, and it's a time for us, very similar to Lent, to prepare for Christ's coming. It's an opportunity for us to deepen in our awareness and spirituality of how Christ coming into the world changed the world, changed us, and changed the future of the world. We uh, celebrate throughout this period of time Christ's birth, obviously, um, into the world, but it's more than that. It's also Christ being born into our lives, into our hearts, being alive um, today as well as in the past. And then in another aspect, it's also looking forward to that time um, when Christ comes. And in our tradition, we understand that as Zion, as Shalom, as that Um, hope for coming reign of God. So all of those comings, all of those two arrivals um, play into the spirituality and the depth that we hope to achieve when we experience Advent as a Christian community. So that's very interesting for me because Advent is the season that is actually the beginning of the liturgical year. The liturgical year does not run concurrent with our calendar year. It begins with the first Sunday of Advent. And that makes sense if we are observing the um, impending arrival of the infant Jesus, of Christ into the world, the coming of Jesus. That helps us understand why Advent is the beginning of the liturgical um, calendar. So you said it begins four Sundays before Christmas. Why? Why does? Why is the season of Advent one that that begins at that time and for that length? Really has more to do with with uh, the moon cycles. <laughs> And that too, because <laughs> you have a rational brain. <laughs> I do have a rational brain. Leaders decided that they needed a way to help people deepen and connect more closely with Christ. And so they needed a time to prepare. It also coincided with early in the Christian um, life, there were particular days when people were baptized. And so one of those days was Epiphany. And so this was a time to allow those new Christians the opportunity to prepare their lives, to learn what it means to be a disciple, to understand more clearly and completely the decision they were making prior to baptism. Baptism was 
a very important part of the Christian life that had incredible significance. And people in the past, and when I say that, I mean early Christians, there were certain days that they would use for baptism. So they would wait a long time and then the baptisms would happen on those certain days. And um, one of them was Epiphany. And this gave people who were wanting to be part of, of the Christian movement the opportunity to get their lives in order, to deepen spirituality and learn what it meant to be a follower of Christ. I was laughing because when you said, because people made this up, that might unsettle some people who maybe aren't familiar with why the liturgical calendar is as it is and how it came to be. So when we talk about people making this up, making up the seasons and what they stand for, we're really talking about how tradition forms and how Christian practice has been shaped and formed over the years by not only the sense of the divine spirit leading but also by the very practical reality of people's lives, the culture in which they found themselves, and their context. So when I looked at how did Advent begin, I found there was a bit of a nebulous beginning for Advent in the sense that some people would claim St. Peter started it when Peter was the head of the early church. Others would say it didn't start until the 5th century when it was determined by church fathers, those people who led the church at that time, that people needed to have some way to do, just as you said, prepare for the coming of Christ. So what did you discover as you began to really look into the beginnings of Advent and our practice of observing Advent? Well, I did discover a long tradition, and I'm glad that you used the word tradition because Advent really is part of the Christian tradition in a really important way. Again, it's a way um, to deepen our spirituality, and that's the whole intent of Advent. And it's also a celebration of who we are, and, and so I also appreciate that aspect of Advent as well. I guess I discovered a a huge variety in how cultures have celebrated Advent and, and then recognized how it has arrived in Community of Christ. Are you ready to talk about that, or do you want to talk more about how other Christian traditions have used Advent in the expressions of their cultures? So let's go with other Christian traditions, and then let's move into then what Community of Christ traditional observation of Advent looks like. Well, um, Advent, I I was particularly drawn to, um, and Karen knows this because of my um, past in Minnesota, to how it's been expressed in the Lutheran tradition and how light has been involved in that aspect of Advent. And so you see that in the Advent calendars and lighting the candles and the Christ candle, and it's that bringing of light into the world. And so that was one cultural representation of Advent that resonated with me a great deal. When you live in the North, it's dark in the winter. And so that light is such an incredible presence. It warms and it provides such a, a, a elemental 
has such elemental meaning for people. And so that particular um, cultural tradition was was really um, one I resonated with. There's a lot, if you look from history, about how Catholics have um, celebrated. A lot of it has to do with fasting. There was a lot of fasting that was involved in the first aspects of Advent that were very similar to Lent. And there were 40-day fasts that that we would look at um, in the same way that we do Lent. I evidently, and I'm not sure why, the fasting aspect of Advent kind of fell away and is now part, we think of it um, strongly with Lent, and we don't really associate that with Advent as much. And I think that has to do with culture and tradition and the way that it's been used in our spiritual lives. So it's okay. I think that fasting isn't necessarily a part of Advent in the way that it is during Lent, although it certainly would add a a deeper element to it of spirituality if we included that in part of our Advent activities. Music is another incredibly rich aspect to Advent. Some traditions have particular music that is assigned to particular Sundays. And that music is descriptive of of Christ's life and a beautiful way to, to, again, deepen our connection with Christ and celebrate what all of that means in our lives. So music has been a rich part in particular traditions. We see it in our tradition, too, at times where we'll celebrate with music. In many of the Community Christ congregations where I serve, I've noticed that the music that we sing is often not Advent, they're not the hymns that we find in the Advent portion, but they're the hymns in the Christmas portion of it. Do you have any comment on that? Well, I can. I, I kind of want to look at this from um, how Community of Christ has, I'm going to say, adopted Advent. Advent has not been a part, or really even the liturgical calendar was really not part of our tradition until relatively recently, 40, 50 years ago-ish, it began to slowly creep into our awareness as we began to explore more with ecumenical collegiality. I would say Advent has crept into our worship kind of quietly and maybe a little differently than it has some other traditions. And we've used or adapted those Advent traditions as makes sense to us. And so I think the reason we see Christmas songs sung throughout Advent is because we like them. (laughs) And we do what we like. And they bring joy to that particular season of worship in a way that does have meaning. We look at this Advent tradition in a, in a little different way, I, I really think, because it is something we adapt, but we don't necessarily take all of the same symbolism that other traditions may aspire to Advent. We kind of pick and choose and take what makes sense to us and what has meaning for us. So say a little bit more about 
the picking and choosing, if you will, or adopting those things that make sense in our tradition? What are some of the things Community of Christ has adopted as part of our observation of, of Advent? Well, I think we see in our worship helps some particular scriptures that are common throughout the liturgy that help prepare us through that tradition to explore those scriptures in a deeper way. That's the beauty of the liturgical calendar, right? Is that it takes us on this journey through Christ's life, but it helps us explore a variety of scriptures and texts that on our own, we may not explore ever because they aren't comfortable to us. So it helps us delve more deeply and more thoroughly in the scriptural text and helps us expand beyond what we might get from Sunday to Sunday as we in our tradition, have a rotating speaker or, or we, we have pulpit ministry that rotates among the group. And so it, it challenges us in a lot of ways to explore uh, scripture more deeply than we probably would on our own. So scripture is one way that we have adopted Advent. Another way is there's often the lighting of an Advent wreath. That's another way that I have seen congregations symbolically celebrate Advent through as a continual four Sundays, and then the fifth being Christmas Eve, if they have Christmas Eve service. Another way that we have a adopted or adapted is that we often look at Advent from a particular joy, hope, love, and peace, which, boy, that sounds really familiar to us, doesn't it? When we think about those particular (laughs) words and, and the meaning that they have in our tradition, especially with our mission statements. So those are ways that we've adapted and Uh, grabbed onto and owned, really, Advent in our worships. So when you talked about the the Advent wreath, that's probably the predominant symbol that congregations see during the season of Advent. And I've seen many varieties of Advent wreaths, as you probably have, traveling um, around Community of Christ. Most of the time, you see them with Um, In Community of Christ congregations, you see the wreath with four either red candles and one central white candle for the Christ candle, or you see the very traditional three purple, one pink candle, um, and then the central white Christ candle, or even you see four dark blue candles and a white Christ candle. This this can be confusing. Seems crazy, doesn't it? It does. It does. So why all the variation? Um, what comes to mind based on what you said is maybe other people adapt and change traditions uh, just as we do. What? Why is it that there's such variety in the symbol of the Advent wreath? Well, I think you just named it. I mean, it's because other people have taken this tradition and created meaning that has then continued on with within that tradition. I think tradition's really important, and yet at the same time, it's 
equally important to uh, not be bound by tradition, to not get so wrapped up in, in it has to be, it has to have a pink candle and purple candles and white candles. It has to have meaning and it has to have purpose. And that's what makes it relevant. It isn't the color pink or the color purple or the color blue or the color white. It's, it's the purpose and the meaning behind it. And so I guess I'm not helpful in, in explaining all of those colors that Karen just held up because you're going to see them if you visit other traditions. You'll see those variety of colors, and they do have meaning for particular Sundays. But in Community of Christ, we have a free-form worship, which means we're able to adapt and bring meaning where it has meaning. So in your worship... If it's meaningful to use an Advent candle or Advent wreath to help focus the purpose of the worship, and you want to use whatever color candle you want to use, as long as you give it meaning and explain it to the people and it brings meaning, that's where the value and the authenticity is. We don't have to be so bound up in in the rules that we forget why we do what we do. I appreciate that, Barb, as we talk about why we are even discussing the liturgical seasons, that it isn't so much to learn the rules as it is to learn how the um, living in this process, in this cycle of seasons, shapes and forms us as disciples. That's the meaning and the purpose of the liturgical calendar in community of Christ. When we talk about the traditions, as I was preparing to visit with you about this, I found an interesting tradition that is no longer observed, but I wanted to share it because it shows how differently people and cultures can observe the same things. According to um, my deep research in Wikipedia, which told me that in Normandy, Farmers employed children, little children who were not yet uh, 12, to run through the fields and orchards armed with torches, setting fire to bundles of straw. And in this way, the belief was that they would drive out the vermin, drive out anything that would um, damage the harvest, the crops that had just been put away for the winter. And this was part of their preparation of the Advent season. Now, to me, not living in an agricultural area, I have a really difficult time connecting that to the spiritual practice of observing Advent as the coming of light and the coming of Christ because of my context. And so I'm just wondering, as you think about the season of Advent and the various contextual Um, differences in community of Christ, what would be something that individuals could observe or engage in during the Advent season that might be meaningful to connect us in community with all of our diverse understandings and everything that's out there, if, if you were choosing, what would be something that you would choose that could connect all of us in the season of Advent? 
Well, as I was preparing, just like Karen um, was preparing, I found this little, what I'm going to call nugget. It was a more modern expression of how Advent, particularly on the third Sunday, has been celebrated. And it's um, with a labyrinth and tea candles. And I thought, what a beautiful expression that really resonates with us as community of Christ. And Perhaps it's because we're actually sitting in the temple and there's this spiral of inward and outward that a labyrinth mirrors from a spiritual perspective. And I was thinking about what a beautiful expression that is and how that could become a community of Christ tradition that brings deeper spirituality, deeper meaning um, to that inward and outward journey that we're called to. My mind is already shaping and forming how that would take us from Advent through the Christmas season and then Epiphany, which is the, the understanding of Christ for all of the world. So when you were growing up, you grew up in a northern part of the United States where it is very influenced by the Lutheran tradition. So do you have any Advent memories of engaging in this, at that time, probably foreign practice? (laughs) Since in the RLDS church, it wasn't really part of our understanding. Or maybe I should ask, what's your first really memory of engaging in Advent? My first memory really was as a young adult, the 80s, where the world church began producing their worship helps, and they introduced this really foreign concept to us of Advent. And we had to really think about, well, what is that? And why are we doing this? And what does what kind of meaning it does it have for us in our congregation? And so we really um, looked at all of that and were very challenged by it. And there were some people, I do recall in the congregation, who were very resistant to even the word Advent because for them it was too... Protestant. It was too far away from what they considered to be RLDS. And yet it slowly crept in. So I guess I would say I remember the controversy. I remember the resistance to a new idea and what that might mean to us. And can we really do that? And why would we do that? And so over the last, I would say, 30, 40 years, those questions have been worked out in a way that um, I think Advent is a part of who we are. And we look forward to it because it does begin our journey through the life and birth and death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior. So in many congregations, lighting the Advent candles is a practice in which they engage the ministry of children. I often see families lighting. really always, don't burn! (laughs) Be careful who you give that lighter to! (laughs) And just a caveat to risk management in case you're listening, the battery-operated candles that we turn on for the Advent wreath in all of our congregations (laughs) tends to be an activity in which we engage children because there's something about that that symbol, that light, that candle, that and and the faces of the children as they share in that, that we just celebrate with great joy. Oh, light has so much symbolism for us. 
and and again community of christ historically has been lacking in symbol we went through um, several generations where people were disdainful of symbols it was a very logical thought process and so symbols were not celebrated and i think we've gone through a rediscovery of how important symbols are in our lives and light is an incredible symbol and resonates with us at a very deep level So uh, I'm grateful for that connection and that kind of symbolism that that Advent brings to this um, season. So one of the symbols that many people are most familiar with who have never observed the liturgical calendar are the cardboard Advent calendars that you find in grocery stores that have a little compartment for 25 days with a piece of chocolate, and they're usually given to children to help them anticipate the coming of Christmas, but they come out of this tradition of observing Advent. What would be um, your advice for families who are trying to help their children look for a deeper meaning in Advent in a way that makes sense to them? Well, there are multiple Advent calendars available, and they're not all chocolate. I think probably you're thinking of chocolate because you love chocolate. Yes, I do. And I do too. So I do understand that... That joy in that particular expression. But I think that is a a beautiful way to help children understand why we wait and why preparation is so important. We live in this world of hurry up. Well, we don't wait for anything. We can't even wait for our dinner. I mean, it's got to all be instantaneous. And our children live in a world of instantaneous satisfaction. I don't know about you, but if my computer is more than a moment away, I'm frustrated with it. This is an opportunity for us to teach our children what it means to wait, what it means to slow down, what it means to take time in such a hurried world. And so in that way, an Advent calendar can be used for incredibly spiritual lessons about life and and about what God wants us as Christians to do and who to be. So I, I think it's a great tool. I wouldn't be overly worried about uh, the consumerist aspect of the chocolate ones, especially when you add that deeper reason about why we're waiting and who we're waiting for and how Christ comes into our lives today. So it, it can be used um I think really effectively with children. Thank you. Um, as a as a parent of adult children, which now makes me uh, a grandparent, as they have started families, that will help shape and transform what we do as a family when we purchase Advent calendars for our grandkids this year, which has been part of our uh, tradition. I want to thank you for being willing to come over and talk about Advent with us here at Common Grounds. And I wanted to uh, close our discussion about Advent 
by reading uh, two verses from an Advent hymn. O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, O bright and morning star, and bring us comfort from afar. Dispel the shadows of the night and turn our darkness into light. O come, O king of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid our sad divisions cease and be yourself our king of peace. And with that, Barbara Barkowski, we will uh, join in wishing all of our listeners a peaceful and joyful Advent season as we await the coming of the light of Jesus into the world. Our hope is that you will have new thoughts and ideas to make Advent a more meaningful experience in your spiritual journey as individuals, families, and congregations. Again, I'm Karen Peter, and I've been here with Barbara Borkowski, This is Common Grounds, part of the Project Zion podcast. Our next episode will feature John and Andy Chatburn, and we will be discussing the Christmas season. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Project Zion podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use, and while you are there, give us a five-star rating. Project Zion Podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines. Thank you.